I dream to live in a world where therapy and healing are available to everyone. And until we create that world, I am teaching people self-therapy. Let's explore this together. Why do we need therapy and healing? What is self-therapy? And how do we make self-therapy work for us? Hello, my name is Nicoleta Porojano. I'm a psychologist, therapist, and educator. I'm the host of the Open to Happiness podcast and the founder and chair of trustees at the Significant You Mental Health Charity. I absolutely love to help people improve their mental health. And I generally work with happiness seekers that want to create a real transformation in their lives. And I do this by guiding them through a fascinating journey of self-discovery, healing, and personal growth. The question is, why do we need therapy and healing? I would say that we need therapy and healing to help us enhance our well-being and prevent mental illness. You see, I've come to learn that no one can go through life and remain untouched. No one. This is our human condition. Suffering is part of our lives and we don't really know how to deal with it. Let's look into a simple example. How did you feel today? What was good and what was bad in your life experience today? And how did you process that? How did you heal it? How much time have you given yourself for self-reflection today? How many of the 86,400 seconds of today have you been aware, present, anchored into the here and now, in touch with your body, mind, and soul, feeling sufficient, feeling at peace, feeling authentic and joyful? I'm thinking that if you are like most people that are trapped in the busyness of this modern life, then most likely you spend very little, if any time, focused on your own well-being. You're always bombarded by information. There's so much stimulation coming from everywhere. There's so much to do. And you still did not finish, most likely, what you had in mind to do today or maybe what was expected from you to do. And if you add to this, all the other demands, all the other challenges and chores that we have in life, then you realize that, you know, your days feel short and very stressful at times. That's the condition of the modern human being, living in a civilized world, enjoying comfort and technology, but struggling to feel alive, to feel joyful, and to tap into the exuberance of life because of this ongoing pressure, because of this intensity and the worry that's coming into our lives. And of course, in that space, the, there's no wonder that you feel tense. There's no wonder that you feel lonely, that you feel sad, you feel anxious, you feel inadequate, you lack confidence, you lack self-esteem, you lack self-worth, you ruminate and worry a lot, you are confused, you feel stuck. And of course, you struggle to manage your inner pain. You struggle to manage your past trauma. And there's so much going on, and that's exhausting. And to cope with this, maybe you drink a little bit too much. Maybe you smoke, you take drugs, you gamble. Maybe you, I don't know, you eat too much. You work long hours, like I do. Maybe you isolate, you know, from people, and you spend time on your own. Or you get lost in front of the TV or social media. 
And naturally, you miss opportunities in life. You know, you feel quite tense and distressed. In three simple words, you feel unhappy. And of course, you suffer in your mental health. This is why you need therapy and healing. So let me introduce you to self-therapy, which is a practice that I feel it's absolutely necessary in this day and age to live a healthy and fulfilling life. What is self-therapy? In my view, 80% of therapy and self-therapy is self-discovery. The remaining 20% would go towards healing and personal growth. And I will repeat this. 80% of your therapy or self-therapy work is self-discovery. Because if you don't know yourself, you don't know what makes you well and unwell. You don't understand the nature of your suffering, so you don't know what to heal. You don't know what to change. You don't know what to transform. But when you come closer to knowing your real self, then, of course, self-discovery leads naturally to healing, and healing leads quite naturally into personal growth. Grab your notepad, get your pencil, and let's do some inner work together. We're going to start the self-discovery from scratch with the understanding of the true nature of your existence. Firstly, what are you made of? Because the education in school and in the family does not really cover this. And it's sad, but very often our parents and teachers do not have this clarity in life themselves. So they can't give it to us. And we need to accept that. In my view, you are made of four different parts. The first part is your body. The second part of you is your mind. And knowing your mind is so vital for good mental health because you are in good mental health when you understand how your minds work. You are in good mental health when you, when you are balanced, when you can self-regulate in real time, whatever hardship you might face in life. But for that, you really need to be in touch with yourself. You really need to align your thoughts with your feelings and your body sensations and observe your behaviors from distance, from a place of presence. And this presence is, in fact, the third part of you. It's your soul. It's the energy that is fueling your life. It's that dimension beyond the physical body and beyond this program mind. It's that energy that you can get in touch with when you enter a state of presence, when you enter a state of conscious awareness, which you can do, of course, when you exit the prison of the program mind, when you reconnect with this spiritual dimension in you, where it feels so natural to listen to your intuition and follow your gut feeling, to extract meaning and purpose from your life and to bring your life into a state of well-being, of balance, of homeostasis, of union and yoga. When all these three parts of you, the body, the mind and the soul, enter a state of coherence, they are supporting each other. Your mind, your body and your soul interact with one another all the time. They are one. They are interwined. A thought in your mind can create a physiological sensation in your body and an emotion in your soul or the other way around. And the interaction between these three parts of you, the body, mind, and soul, create your inner world. And these three parts of you also interact with the outside world, with the outer environment. 
And you, it's important for you to understand that when you engage with the outside world, you usually bring all these three parts of your body, mind, and soul into your social persona. You carry them with you in the world. And this is the fourth dimension of you. But you see, this social persona is a false sense of identity because you manifest it in the many roles that you have in life. You're someone's child, you're someone's parent, sibling, friend, workmate, and so on. You're someone's neighbor. And the greater the distance between who you really are in your body, mind, and soul and your social persona, the greater the cognitive dissonance you will experience in life and the less aligned you would feel with yourself, with, with who you are inside, and the less aligned you feel with your real path in life. So ultimately, your physical, mental, and spiritual well-being will depend on the interaction between all these four parts of you. In other words, the interaction between your inner world with the outer environment. So we've looked into the nature of human life. We're going to explore now the nature of human suffering, and we're going to look into the missing link in the healing of the suffering of the people in our modern civilized society. So firstly, let's find out why do we need to heal? What is hurting us? What is causing us pain? We've seen already that pain preceded us. It came before us. Pain was there before we were born, and it's part of us. It's part of our human history. It's part of our human evolution. It's part of the human nature, as we've seen it in the barbaric treatment that humans have shown to each other over the, over the centuries, and they still continue to do so. And let me tell you how this suffering manifests in our lives. So we have this pain and trauma that we collected from the past. Then there's so many events that have been left unpacked, you know, unprocessed and unhealed. We have relationship issues, very uh, many conflicts that have been left unresolved, uh, a lot of uh, loss and betrayal on our way. There's this overthinking that makes us, in a way, prisoners in this unstopping thinking mind. Then there's stress and pressure in the work environment, you know, around career, around finances. We have a lot of worries about the changing world around us. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of uncertainty, there's a lot of loneliness, it's a lot of insecurity, there's a lot of lack of clarity and direction in life, and that feeling of really being stuck. And, and there's a lot of low, low self-confidence, low self-esteem, low self-worth, as I see it in my work. And naturally, all of these lead to physical illness, to anxiety, to depression, to addiction, to codependency, to different other conditions that affect our mental health. So we've learned now how to know yourself, what brings you pain. Let's now focus on finding healing because what is it that you want in life? You don't want pain and suffering, right? If you are like most people, you want to wake up each day feeling very joyful and very excited with that new day. You want to be in loving relationships. You, you want to be naturally, ideally, in relationships that are conflict-free. You want to feel at peace within yourself. You want to feel connected. You want to, to be connected not just with yourself, but also with the others and the world. You want to feel satisfied in your work, with your living circumstances. You want, you want to live a happy life and enjoy every moment of it. That's what you want. That's what every human being strives for. And in true honesty, you deserve that. I deserve that. Everyone deserves that, right? 
So now I'm going to teach you how to heal your suffering. I will give you a set of therapeutic tools to help you take care of yourself, to avoid depression, to avoid anxiety and different other conditions, to learn to self-regulate from within and have your internal life aligned to how you wanted it to be, to exercise the only power you have in life, and that's the power of choice. Let's now have a look into the four major schools of psychotherapy and see what set of tools you can use in your self-therapy every single day. The first set of tools comes from psychoanalysis, which was developed by Freud over 130 years ago. And we all know now that our childhood experiences shape who we are. So it's very important for you to reflect on your defense mechanisms, whether it's repression, expression or denial or projection or rationalization or any other defense mechanisms that you might use. All of these are very essential for our survival. They are unconscious processes, but it's very important to become aware of them because sometimes they are very helpful in our lives, but other times they become very dysfunctional and they impact our mental health. A second tool would be free association. When you express freely yourself, your thoughts, your emotions, and you share them with others, it's such a simple tool, which most of us probably use unconsciously in life, but becoming aware of them, that's going to maximize their benefit. Another tool would be to analyze transference, because our reactions in life usually come from the past, from some events that haven't been resolved. There's always been a previous experience somewhere in our past that is revived in our present moment. So when you are unsettled, just ask yourself, what is this reminding me of? When did I feel this way before? Who treated me this way earlier in life? Because you see, if you make notes of this and you go through these questions regularly, you will make a lot of progress in your inner work. Then we have the psychodynamic tools that have followed psychoanalysis and have improved Freud's work. And we start with John Bowlby's uh, theory of attachment. It's very important for you to check if you have a secure attachment, if you, you're rather anxious or avoidant, if you're dismissive, if you're ambivalent, you know, if you're fearful. It's all very important because that's going to define how you relate with others. If you are dependent or codependent, it's absolutely essential for your relationships. Then explore the false self versus true self. And what it means to live in a holding environment. So you can research the work of Donald Winnicott. It's very important also to never forget the most important human need is the need for connection. So you might want to read a little bit about Melanie Klein or Ronald Fairban. They develop the object relations theories. They are so, so giving. Another very helpful set of cell therapy tools come from the humanistic theories. They teach us to practice active listening, which is so helpful in understanding others and, and, and being non-judgmental and accepting you know, and, and becoming empowering. And these tools draw heavily on the three conditions of Carl Rogers, empathy, congruence, and unconditional positive regard, which are so crucial to growing and maintaining satisfying relationships with the others. Another tool is to remind yourself of your real power, the power to make decisions. Another one is to learn to see yourself as the whole person, the body, mind, and soul, and social persona as we've learned. Another tool is to seek the truth and find your true needs, wishes, and desires, and ask yourself, what is it that I really want? And then ask yourself, what is it that I really need? A very important tool is to embrace personal responsibility 
So you're not the spectator, but rather the maker of your own life. A very important tool as well is to be focused in the here and now and keep your eyes on the solution, not on the problem. Ask yourself, what would be a good resolution to this problem that I'm facing right now? Because if you engage genuinely with your inner dialogue, with this internal dialogue that goes on into your mind all the time, and you engage with it from a place of awareness, then you will make an amazing self-therapist. And lastly, the third set of tools that we use come from cognitive behavior therapy that will teach you to reframe, to maybe look at the problem from a different angle, to do a bit of role-playing, to imagine being in other people's shoes or imagine them being in your shoes and maybe feel a little bit empowered to say what you haven't had the courage to say before, let out everything that's not been spoken so you can release a lot of tension. A very important tool is also to do a little bit of journaling, uh, make records of your thoughts, of your emotions, what you learn through life, and you're going to identify some very unhealthy for patterns. Maybe helpful as well, another tool is to try some behavioral experiments, do things differently, do more or do less or do new things. Uh, a very good tool is to do exposure in vivo. When you go yourself out there, you put yourself out there and you expose yourself to environments that maybe you find a little bit threatening or challenging, or you can do exposure in vitro. When you use visualization, you close your eyes and you get yourself through that experience that you find a little bit challenging right now. And very, very, very important, it's very important to understand Aaron's back ABC model. If A is the event, and C is the emotion of the behavior, then B is the inference, which is the thought that you have that is informing the way you feel and think. Often, it's not what happens that make us feel one way or behave in a a certain way, but it's what we make of that event. And finally, we're going to move now into the fourth set of tools, the transpersonal psychology that is teaching us about that dimension beyond the physical body and beyond this conditioned mind. When we work with the transpersonal, we learn to be present and we learn to live from a place of mindful awareness. We can observe our thoughts, our emotions and physiological sensations. We learn to not identify with them. We practice mindful living and conscious awareness on a regular basis. We develop a consistent practice. We tap into aliveness and vitality. We are now at the end of this self-therapy mini course. I hope you found it helpful. Send us your questions if you have any. Let us have your feedback. And nevertheless, share your success story with us and let's celebrate together better mental health and a fuller, richer, and more joyful life. Stay present.